Hey there, we're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. So today my, um, my message that I prepared and I've been praying about and I felt like the Lord just kind of spoke to me on what I should speak about. Um, and he gave me this phrase, um, in the waiting. And so that's the title of my message this morning is in the waiting. And so when I thought about the word waiting, I thought, I don't like that word. (laughs) I don't like the word wait. Um, I don't like it as a verb. I don't like to have to wait for something, right? I don't like waiting in line. Do you like to wait in line? Right now, like there's a lot of lines that you have to wait in, six feet apart, and to just get a simple cart of groceries, it takes so much longer. It's double the time, it's double the process, it's twice the amount of waiting. How about waiting for your kids to find their shoes? (laughs) That's a big one here. We wait to find our shoes. We wait to find our jacket. We wait to find whatever it was that we put down and we need to go. And all of a sudden, we're waiting. Maybe you have a spouse that you wait on a lot. Maybe you got around for wherever you're going and you're in the car waiting. I can neither confirm nor deny that that might have happened here at the house. (laughs) Um, How about uh, waiting for test results? That is a hard thing to wait on. Man, when you are waiting for a result and you're unsure, that that time can just seem so long and it's just jam-packed with so many emotions. How about waiting for a response whether you receive the job or not? Or waiting for our nation to open back up. Waiting is hard. And it's really hard because we live in a culture right now of instant gratification. We have media, we have information, we have entertainment at the top of a button. My kids, that generation, they don't understand what it means to get up and change the channel on the TV. They don't understand that we only had three channels. <laughs> and if it was below freezing, maybe we could have four and the um, antenna would catch, you know, another wave somewhere and catch another signal. How about they don't understand what it means to actually wait for a show to come on once a week or to have to run to the bathroom during those commercial breaks because you couldn't just pause what you were watching and you cannot just rewind because you missed what the person said. Um, Those are things that they don't quite understand or waiting to rent a movie and to get to that blockbuster or West Coast video, they don't even know what that means, but to see like all of the ones gone that you wanted to rent, but yet you have to wait. There was no binge watching. Uh, you had to wait for the nightly news. Now the news is, is on all the time. Even your local stations is on at 4, 5, 6, 7, and 11, maybe even 10. There's so many avenues for you. But we had to wait for that one time that it would come on. They don't quite understand what it means to get up and read a newspaper 
because it's all there on their phones. How about this one? You call someone, we used to have to call people on a landline phone, and you would dial that person's number and you would get the, eh, 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 the busy signal, right? This was before call waiting. <laughs> or you had to wait for your sibling to get off of the phone so that you could use it. And your phone was wired. It had this long wraparound cord that you would try to hide in another room and close the door. Do you remember that? Hopefully you do, I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> but there was always something that you had to wait for. If you wanted to hear a new album, it wasn't like you could just click in and hit download. You had to go to the store to buy it. If you took a picture on a camera, you didn't get to view it right away. You had to wait for your film to be developed to see if your picture came out good or terrible. <laughs> Waiting was just part of the process. It's just something that we understood. And we've all heard the adage that good things come to those who wait. But yet we have grown accustomed to the I want it and I want it now. And we get annoyed with the waiting process now. We feel like it's wasting our time. And the lack of patience that we see people display on view for the whole world to see, whether it's publicly or whether they're ranting behind their keyboard, for someone to take notice and agree with them, it's amazing how much has changed. But we've all been there. Because waiting now is hard and it's, it's frustrating and it's annoying and it's a waste of our time. It's hard. So today's Mother's Day. And Mother's Day used to be an extremely hard holiday for me. It was a reminder to me of the many years that I spent in waiting as I struggled with infertility issues. It was a yearly reminder that my body wasn't working the way that it should. It was a reminder that the longing of my heart wasn't fulfilled. And it was just painful. It was a painful season for me. And I remember that day year after year in tears. And I was just in agony over my season of waiting. But truth be told, aren't we all in seasons of waiting? We wait for our appointments, right? You go to a doctor, where do they put you? In the waiting room. There's even a room called it. How about when we want to go to college? We have to wait to see where we're going to be accepted. Or what about waiting on that person that we're going to marry? You should wait. At least please wait on that one. Don't make that decision in haste. That's one that you should wait on. We wait for job offers. We wait to hear if the bank will give us a mortgage uh, loan or a car loan. The list goes on and on and on. We are all waiting and we all go through seasons of waiting. So how much more important is it for us to wait on those godly things, the things that we want from God, the things that we need from God, things that are going to impact our spirit, things that will impact our household and the world around us. We're all having to wait. And waiting's not the bad part. It's not that thing that we're like, oh, why, God, why do I have to go through the waiting? It's how you respond in the waiting that's important, not the waiting. So this story of the Bible is the one that impacted me the most in my season of waiting. 
And so I want to I want to share with you the story of Hannah out of 1 Samuel. And I'm going to read through you verses 1 through 20, so bear with me. But if you have your Bibles at home, either click it on, hit your button, or open up your book. I love to open up mine. I love to underline. I love to highlight. I love, I love the pages. Um, however you open your Bible, open it. <laughs> First Samuel. All right. So there was a certain man, and we're just going to skip through all of the sons of, sons of. And he had two wives. And his, his uh, wife was called Hannah, and he had another wife called Paniah. And Paniah had children, but Hannah had none. And year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, uh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, or Phineas, the two sons of Eli were priests of the Lord. And wherever the day came for Elkaniah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Paniah, and to her, to her sons. And, but to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. And the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. And this went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. And as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. And Eli answered, Go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked him. And she said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. And then she went on her way and ate something. And her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning they arose and they worshipped before the Lord. And they went back to their home in Ramah. Elkanah went and lay with Hannah, his wife. And the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. And she named him Samuel saying, because I asked the Lord for him. So, we read the story of Hannah, and we see that she was in a season of waiting. But she was in a season of waiting year after year. And this is the things that I want to take away from Hannah's story, is how we should wait on the Lord. How we need to take our season of waiting, even when it grieves us. So I have 
three points like every good preacher should. My first one is called, um, in the waiting, we need to wait patiently. So, I keep saying this. Have you heard this year after year, year after year? Verse 3 in part of 6 and 7, it says, Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice the Lord Almighty. So he went, but he took his wives with him year after year. And then we see it again. Part of verse 6 says, But her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. And this went on year after year. So we see Hannah is dealing in her season year after year. You know, going through a season is hard enough when you're having to wait year after year. But she was being provoked and ridiculed in her season of waiting. How much harder is it to wait year after year? And to not only have her own reminders, but to have an adversary pointing out year after year. It was harsh. It was a reminder to her that she was failing, that she wasn't able to be what she longed to be. And even though she had the favor of her husband, it wasn't fulfilling a longing. It wasn't fulfilling a desire that was in there. And so husbands, I want to just reach out to you and say, you're not your wife's answer to everything. Though she loves you with everything, you can't fix everything. There are some things that only God can do in your wife. And I know men tend to have a fix-it mode. Like when women, when we're going through some things, we don't want you to fix it. We want you just to hear. So that's some free marriage advice right there. <laughs> <laughs> but she was longing and she was waiting year after year. You know, and as I read this, I don't see that Hannah defended herself year after year. It doesn't say that she even went to her husband and said, make her stop. She didn't defend herself. She endured year after year. That's good. So I, I was reading in Psalms, and, I, and so we're going to come back to the story of Hannah. But let's read Psalms 40, 1 through 3. David goes on to say, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. You see, patience is this virtue that we feel like this is impossible. I cannot be patient in this season. We want patience and we want it now, right? But it doesn't work that way. That's not the way that it works. But if we have the spirit of the living God in us, we have the fruits of the spirit. And one of those fruits is patience. We see here that David waited patiently on the Lord. When you're waiting patiently, you will be waiting without an immediate answer. You will be waiting without an immediate sign. You are waiting and you're allowing your faith in God alone to carry you through. And as David waited, and I don't know how long David had to wait, but it says that as David waited, that the Lord turned to him and heard his cry. It's when you sit in the Lord's presence, just waiting for him, 
he's not going to turn away. Our loving and gracious God, he hears your cry. He hears your pleas. He knows your heart's desire. He knows. So David waited. The Lord turned and heard and lifted him out of the pit. He delivered him from his area crisis and he put him on a firm foundation. He removed the unstable ground and he gave him something secure, something that is an anchor to stand on. And here's my favorite part through it, that he put a new song of praise in his mouth. A new song is like a spontaneous song of praise and joy that came from him. It was a song of praise. And when God is in the midst of your circumstance, it's time to open up your mouth and praise. It's time to open up and sing a song to him because I'm telling you, when you praise him, it puts your whole circumstance into a whole new perspective. It's from suffering to praise. That's good. And we have the ability to wait patiently. Church, we have the ability. Come on. Romans 8.25 tells us, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. The Holy Spirit is within you. As soon as you ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life, and you lean into him, you have the Spirit of God living within you. Tap into his strength and power today to wait on him patiently. In the waiting, we also need to wait with persistent prayer. So let's go back to the story of Hannah. Let's look at verse 12 through 16. It says that as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. And not so, my Lord, Hannah replied, I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of the great, out of my great anguish and grief. Have you ever been so moved that You've been in the Lord's presence and you just wept bitterly. And there's been such a, a, an anguish that comes so deep within that sometimes there are not words to even get out. The, the, the word tells us that the Holy Spirit even interprets our groanings before the Lord. And that is a persistent prayer. And, you know, I believe that persistent, faithful prayer is not a lack of us believing God, the first time we ask of him, you know, there's some people that believe if I ask the Lord, you know, it's done and I just walk away. I believe some things can only be done with fasting and continual prayer. Um, there are certain things that we need to break. There are certain things that we need to go further and deeper into God to understand what he's teaching us through it. Um, every circumstance that we go through in life is not um, the enemy. Um, sometimes God is just showing us who he is. Sometimes where you have to learn through um, circumstances. There's a variety of different things. But I believe persistent prayer shows that we believe that God alone has the answers to our dilemmas and our concerns. I believe that it's through our persistence 
that we must be willing to submit to his will in way no matter the outcome. But you don't know that unless you're spending that persistent time with him. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. We have that right to go to him. And when you go to him faithfully with it, I don't care if you pray several times a day about the same thing. Be faithful in your prayer. Be faithful in your request. Romans 12, 12, be joyful in hope patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Take his word. Apply it. There's a story about a survivor on a, from a shipwreck. And he washed up on this small island, an uninhabited island. And he prayed fervently for God to rescue him. And every day he scanned the horizon for help. But nothing was forthcoming. Exhausted, he eventually managed to build a little hut out of driftwood to protect him from the elements and to store a few of his possessions. But then one day after he was out looking for food, he arrived back to his little hut to find it in flames. And the smoke was rolling up to the sky. The worst had happened. Everything was lost for him. And he was stunned with grief and anger. God, how could you do this to me, he cried. Early the next day, though, he was awakened by the sound of a ship that was approaching the island. It had come to rescue him. How did you know I was here? He asked his rescuers. We saw your smoke signal, they replied. See, it's easy for us to get caught up in, in seeing our circumstances, seeing our situation, and we're praying, and we're praying, and we're like, God, why are you not answering God does answer, and it just may not look the way that you think it should. His very source of help was on its way. But sometimes you have to get down to that nitty-gritty, and you think, I've lost it all. But God was like, no, I'm using this. I'm using this. And just because there's a delay from God does not mean that he's denied you. Our God is faithful in his timing. And when we feel like things are falling apart, God is putting everything into place. Let me tell you, faithful prayer is a position. It is not about the amount of words that you speak. It is not giving God our honey-do list. And I might have a few things on my honey-do list for him. Like, God, please, I really could use this, and I really need you here, and I need this, and I need that, right? But faithful prayer is a position. It's a position to hear from him. It's time with him. Prayer is me giving my heart to him, speaking and pouring myself out to him. It's a matter of position. So in the waiting, we're going to wait patiently. We're going to wait with persistent prayer. And this is the one that I want us to remember. In the waiting, wait with expectation. Let's read verses 18 and 19 here of 1 Samuel. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. And then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord 
and then they went back to their home in Ramah. Here we see Hannah no longer had a downcast face, but her countenance had changed. Her situation had not. Her situation was still the same. She was still barren that moment before she was praying to when after she was praying, but something within her changed. So she went from there. She arose, she wiped her face, and she walked away with an expectant heart. And then I loved the next morning she arose and she worshiped. Expectation birthed within her spirit before a physical birth had yet to come. Hope was birthed within her before she experienced her miracle and her healing. And we have the choice. We need to choose whether we will wait on the Lord anxiously or with expectancy. When we wait anxiously, this is what happens. We invite stress, depression, feeling of hopelessness. Our physical bodies take on the symptoms of anxiety. And I'm not speaking about those who are suffering with panic attacks and stuff, but I'm talking about the things that you pray to the Lord to. Are you waiting with anxiousness? Or are you waiting, God, I know you are the God with the answers and I wait, Lord, on you expectantly, no matter what the outcome is. I know that you are for me. You are not against me. I know that you walk with me through this, Lord. I know that you're holding me in the palm of your hand. There's a difference between waiting anxiously and expectantly. Expectation is different. Expectation is filled with hope. Expectation is filled with joy and peace. And we might need to remind ourselves daily, God, I'm going to activate my faith and I'm going to wait on you expectantly today. And Lord, if there's any anxious thought within me, take it away. And you might have to remind yourself of that frequently as you pray. Maybe this um, pandemic for you has caused great anxiety within you. Let me tell you that that fear is not from the Lord. And I understand that the virus is real, but I'm telling you, my God is stronger. My God is greater. He is more powerful. There's nothing that we go through that he has not already foreseen it. He knows it. So child of God, lift up your hands and give it to him and stop carrying the burden of fear. Isaiah 40 31 says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They are going to run. They are not going to grow weary and they are going to walk and they are not going to be faint. Child of God, rise up today. Rise up today. See, I related with Hannah's story. Her story was very much like my own, though I didn't have adversaries provoking me. I had continual reminders, though. I had kids that I seen in, in youth ministry that I uh, ministered to getting pregnant. I had family members getting pregnant. I, I rejoiced with them, but I just was reminded that I, something was wrong with me and that it wasn't happening for me. And I remember crying out to the Lord. And there came a point where I had to trust God and say, God, even if you don't answer my cry, I'm still going to serve you. I'm going to do whatever it takes, Lord, to believe, Lord, that you're, 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 you're with me in this. And I held on to his word. Let me tell you, I, my oldest child is now 13, going to be 14. And since then, I have three beautiful children that the Lord blessed my womb with. And I thought, God, 
I will not let my story be put on a back burner. I'm going to use my story of how my pain and hopelessness that I walked through and how God took me through that turmoil and showed me his faithfulness. Yes. And I'm going to speak hope into other women. I'm going to speak hope into those who had miscarriages as I had to go through one of my own scary experiences. Though mine wasn't a, a miscarriage, mine was a molar pregnancy. And, you know, and they're throwing out words like cancer and, and, and mass. And, you know, I had to endure seasons myself. And not one of them will be done in vain. They will be used for the glory of God. So I can share my hope and my joy and my peace through the journey and God's faithfulness and how the Lord blessed me. You know, um, I don't know, many of you have probably heard of Corey Ten Boom. And her story is very powerful. And there was a little clip of her story I want to just share with you. Um... There's a story told of when she went to her father as a child. And she said, Papa, I don't think I have the faith to handle real trouble. And she was held in a concentration camp, in case you didn't know that. And she goes, Father, I don't think I have the faith to handle real trouble. I don't know what I'd do if you should die. I don't think I have the faith that some people have to face trouble. And Corey's father looked at her tenderly and said, Corey, dear, when your father says that he will send you to the store tomorrow, does he give you money for today? No, he gives it to you when you're ready to go to the store. And if you're going to go on a train trip and you need money for a ticket, does your father give you the money when we decide that you may take the trip? No, he gives it to you when you're at the depot, all ready to buy your ticket. Corey, God treats us the same way. He doesn't give you the faith until you need it. And when you need it, he will certainly give it to you. And so if you're walking through a season right now where you need faith, he'll give you enough faith for today. But if you're looking at the future and you're looking down the road and you say, I don't see how he might not have the faith for you to hold on to for two, three years from now, two, three weeks from now, he's going to give you faith for today. And so what are you seeking the Lord about? I hope right now that you are seeking the Lord for our world. It's divided. It's full of hatred right now in sinful ways, wicked ways. We need healing in our world. Yeah. We need our, we need prayer for our nation's leadership. We need prayer for our state's leadership. We need prayer that God will reveal truth. We need prayer that God will send revival. We need God right now. But if you give God, say, God, I don't believe that things will be healed right away. Well, give me faith to believe for today, God. Give me faith to believe for today. And your faith muscles are going to grow and they're going to build. And you're going to find that your faith is going to be stretched out even further. But if it's okay, if you don't have enough for that, pray for today. Pray for the hours faith that you need at that moment. Maybe you have some really deep personal circumstances that you're seeking him for. Maybe you yourself need healing. Maybe you're waiting for your heart's desire to be filled. Maybe you're crying out for your children to come back to the Lord. Maybe through this whole thing, you've lost your job and your finances. God is faithful. 
God is near. He hears and he sees, and he will be faithful to answer. If our earthly fathers take care of us, how much more will your heavenly father take care of you? We have to make the choice to wait well. Delayed answers and blessings do not mean that the Lord has forgotten us or that he's not answering us. And this is the hard part. Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is not now. Sometimes the answer is no, but there's always a reason. He has something for you. We cannot simply understand the ways of God. But I do know that the Lord is for you and he's not against you. I know that he wants you to have a life that's fulfilled, that's full of the Spirit, led by the Spirit, full of his goodness and grace and full of his fruit. Do not be discouraged in the waiting, but hold on to his truth and his promises. And this is the verse I want to leave you with. And it's funny, like when I was, um, when I was looking up scriptures and writing this message, I've been singing this song when I've been by myself in the car running different errands and stuff. Um, I just started singing this song. It's an older song and it's based off of this scripture. Do you remember? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Do you remember that song? And this was the verse that the Lord gave to me. And I was like, thank you, God. He was planting this within my heart already. And I, I pray that you take this today. Lamentations 3, 22 through 25. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. So that's what I have for you today. Remember, we are all in a season of waiting right now. You're not alone. Just wait on him. Wait on him patiently. Wait on him persistently in prayer. And wait on him with great expectation, knowing that he will work for you and with you. All right. Be blessed today.